Get out of here already. Goodbye. 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 Oh my god. I'm cutting you off. Eric, cut his mic. Cut his mic, Eric. Wow. I hate that guy so much. I've soured on him so, so hard. It's it's strange that he his tone was somewhat. Uh, he sounded sad. And, uh, longing for the gold glory. He days. sounded sad, and it made me hate him even more. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Un unnamed. He was wearing a Bruce unnamed shirt March too. Madness yeah, clown. Shirt. I'm gonna call him Mark Madness. Yeah. He's about to go uh, actually. Do a little uh, residency on the Bruce Springsteen podcast, Renegade. Is that the one with Obama? So, yeah, so, uh, I'm glad he made the stop here first. He's doing, he, yeah, he's doing their April Fool's uh, wacky month. Oh, they're, uh, they're doing there. a wacky month, huh? Yeah, they're gonna talk about all the time Bruce got drunk right before a show and puked all over the front row. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> well, that's what he does that during Born to Run, so that people have a warning. Yeah. Baby, you were born to <laughs> Beautiful. Well, um, well, madness ensues. We're in the last stretches of March Madness, Eric. Do you feel like you've maintained your mindset throughout? I don't know. This number twenty-three kind of got me right in my noggin. Yeah, man. Straight to the dumb. You're, you've been telling me you've been seeing it everywhere since you watched it. <laughs> But seeing it all over the place. Sometimes, like a sign will just be angled at the right, like the right time to to see the numbers two and three align. Yeah. Oh, and as you know, of course, two divided by three is point uh, six six six, and that is, of course, the number of the beast. Um, the beast is uh, doesn't make an appearance in the movie at any point. Um, the beast. You know, I'm just gonna let's get right into it, Eric, because we got the number 23 was such an interesting watch for me this week. <laughs> I know a, I didn't know it was a Schumacher joint. I didn't know either. I, I don't. I, I I remember. I must. This must have been one of the early Netflix ones for me. Like when when we would still get those in the mail. I definitely at some point rented this, probably because I expected some kind of nudity in it, and I was just a little creep. Um, but there is none, and <laughs> there's not uh, there's not much else. I mean, woody booty. Uh, yeah, it's a Schumacher joint, and Joe Schumacher did the Batman that Jim Carrey was in, right? He did the two Batmans that were not that were not Tim Burton. Yeah, so he Joel. yeah he. So that's the connection there. Yeah, they're good. They're fast, they fast friends. Fast friends, lovers, even lovers. We don't want to talk about that in Hollywood. Lovers and fighters. And, yep. Uh, well, another connection. I mean, you, the the carry connections are being flexed in this. You've got uh, Andy Kaufman's uh, friend, uh, Bob's Munda. Bob's Munda. It shows up as. Uh, Man with birthmark in wheelchair. <laughs> who does nothing. 
<laughs> but is there? He get, he rents out a room to Jim Carrey the second time. He does. I think uh, I thought it was that weird uh, long, skinny guy. He did it the once, but then he came back, and then it was Bob's Munda at the desk. I wonder what happened to that that other guy. Um. So I guess let's just get into it. I got a little summary pulled up. Okay. Walter Sparrow is a played by Jim Carrey is an animal control officer married to Agatha. They have a son named Robin. Right. And at a and the they were at a bookstore. I mean, they, no, it was no. This is uh, all backwards. He's he's an animal control guy, and he was out on a on a call to take care of a rabid dog behind a Chinese restaurant. Yes, of course, uh, an American bulldog. And, by the name of Ned. Yeah. And he gets he tries to wrangle him up and somehow gets bit by Ned. And that causes him to, causes him to be late, which causes his wife to go into a bookstore and they found she found a book titled The Number 23 written by Tops Top Secrets. Top Secrets. <laughs> she say, reads it I immediately. Uh, she is done with it in one sitting. Yeah, she's like, uh, she's like, oh yeah, it's pretty good. I didn't really like the ending, and he was, he hasn't even finished it. He's Slow read reader. twenty pages of it because it's been... like he like he like kind of fucked off with work too. Like he was at the park, like yeah, he down had time. Table. <laughs> like there's like extended scenes of him reading the book. It's like he's constantly about twenty pages into this book. Yeah, uh, Walter starts reading the book, noticing odd similarities between himself and the main character, a detective <laughs> who refers to himself as Fingerling. So, and now this how did you how this. did you feel about this? Where he starts drawing the, these similarities between him and this character? It was, I, I a I, stretch. I see, it was a stretch, and I didn't honestly. Uh, see the parallel world of the book. I didn't expect to be to be shown on screen. Oh, you thought it was just gonna be like all narration? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you were. So that was a uh, lackluster. Um. Oh, so they now. It, 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 okay, like so the, wait. The, he's got a son starts... Robin. What happened? The dog bit him, right? Dog bit him, causing him to be late. And the de- like the detective scenes where he's seeing himself right. as he sees himself are, as this dark gritty detective. It's um, like a Chris Gaines to uh, uh, Brooks. <laughs> it's very much a Chris Gaines situation. <laughs> like he, Chris Gaines would have thought that like that was cool. Like the- <laughs> oh, Colin, you left your uh, goth machine on. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. There's someone walking uh, away from a flaming car behind me. <laughs> I can't make them out, but they are smoking hot. Oh boy! Oh, there's a <laughs> there's a long-haired detective type who's taking off his trench coat and revealing some really sick tribal back tats. Oh, oh beautiful. man, Eric, these two are going to town on each other. Oh my god, it's graphic. It's not really graphic. Uh, it's a lot of like rubbing going on. It's like yeah. <laughs> Great. Get up on the run. Uh, but yes, that there is a, se- a a very like disgusting sex scene between Jim Carrey and this woman. The woman, what is her Who's name? What is the, the her Fabrica? fictional? Fabrizia. 
Fabrizia. Fabrizia. And so that is played by the same actress who plays his wife. Virginia Madsen. Yeah. And so uh, so he's just imagining like a weird goth version of his life. Um it, oh god, what was you remember that what's that video game? Uh there's a movie based on it that has Mark Wahlberg in it where he's a detective. Um, oh Max Payne. Max Payne felt <laughs> like a Max Payne vibe. Yeah. Uh in that it was uh dumb and bad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he's like reading a shitty detective uh, novel. He's like, "This is my life. This is fantastic." Me and Fingerling are the one and the same. And even his wife is like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> it's like, "Yes." Look, so, look. Yeah. I had I had a book called Fingerling at the zoo. Here it is. I kept it. And you know, with that in mind, with the kind of reveal of what is actually going on at the end of the movie, it's pretty astounding. How did he ha- still have all this stuff from his other life? I don't know. It's uh, they don't ever really explain it. They refuse to. They're like, yeah. you're just gonna have to eat your vegetables and let it go. So, oh my goodness. So, that's the kind of introduction of the dual worlds of the movie, is you've got goth detective world and boring (laughs) Jim Carrey dog catcher land. Yeah. And... And he, after one dream, he has a dream about him being fingerling. And he has a dream that he starts to kill his wife. Murdering his wife in her sleep, he has these terrifying visions of him murdering his wife. Wait, is this and, is this before or after the introduction of the suicide blonde? Oh, that's a good question. Because I this think th- this, that's what kicks it off. That's what kicks it off. Is like, yeah, uh, otherwise it's just like, oh, this is an odd fantasy to be having. And then when this character is introduced, who is a blonde woman who is obsessed with who is inexplicably obsessed with the number 23 yeah it's like her name pink she has pink correlates and like there's so many things this is my least that they, this is my least like, favorite aspect of the movie is the stretches it takes to oh my God. to like the, stretches, you can't even the number 23 it. into everything we're like pink yeah, of course is, uh, is the is is a combination of white and red and on the spectrum white is this number and red is this number and you put those together and it's of course the number 23 it's like okay and it's like that's my favorite color pink and it's like who care pick a different one and then there's the one where it's like my name is my name my full name is spelled like this but if I take away my middle name and I count the numbers and I go back to and I take out the X and then number 23 and and, and there's a couple of scenes I will give the movie credit where people who are just like it seems like you're really stretching to make this work and he's like no you're wrong and it's like okay so much of this movie is his loving wife humoring him yeah so I feel like a midlife crisis. Yeah, humoring like a mental breakdown fused with a midlife crisis, and I think that should I think that should the humoring should have stopped when he got like his son involved. Like his son is now also hooked yeah, on the number twenty three. Yeah, his son starts to it's work with it's strange vibe. It's like you're just finding it in everything. It's like because you're looking for it and you're like stretching all means of reality to put it into everything. Uh, I. Yeah. I Eric, just so, keep keep explaining the plot. Uh, but how do you spell your full name? E R I C. Okay. D 
D-O-M. D-O-M. I-N-G. I-N-G. U-E-Z. U-E-Z. What's your middle name? Matthew. Matthew. Two T's and Matthew. Yeah. All right. Keep explaining the plot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna dis- to discover if you're one of, uh, quote unquote, the good ones. Okay. So... After meeting the suicide blonde, uh, the detective fingerling, like, uh, he walks out of there. He, she kind of tells him what's going on, and then, like, he walks out, and she, like, jumps off the building ties right in front of him. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to put that down a little bit. <laughs> After that, that kind of sets off the chase on the number 23. Uh, that's when he starts having the dreams about killing his wife. And the next day, after checking into the hotel, he discovers that the book ends at chapter 22 with fingerling about to commit suicide after murdering his lover the next day walter sees in bed the dog wait what happened <laughs> i'm sorry only t- so he checks into the hotel only to discover that the book ends at chapter 22 with fingerling about okay, to yeah because because he, he leaves he leaves to do that because he keeps <laughs> yeah, dreaming about his killing wife, his wife yeah. right yeah yes and he thinks so if he next, just finishes the book, like it will, it will give him some sense of clarity. Why didn't he just finish the book at his house? He was too close. Too close. He needed to be alone. The next day, Walter sees Ned the dog, which uh, had which he uh, got bit by earlier. Uh, it leads him to a cemetery in the grave of Laura Tollins, a okay. college student who had been murdered by her professor Kyle Finch. With whom she was having an affair with, right? And Kyle allegedly, Finch later, uh, uh, yeah. Kyle Finch was later uh, he was framed as as a person who killed her. With me, uh, that's what, yeah. Well, he he he. Kyle maintains that that's what happened. Yep. Uh, the next day, but Jim Jim suspects that Kyle is Topsy Kretz. Yes. He thinks that he's the guy who wrote the book, and he's like, you know, number 23. He's like, what are you talking about, crazy? Yeah, he comes and he just starts doing psychobabble to him. The circumstances uh, of Laura, Laura's murder mirror those of Fingerling's lover in the book. Walter thinks the professor wrote the book as a secret confen- uh, confession and goes to see him in jail. The man proclaims his innocence of the murder and being an author stating he would never choose the pen name like Top Secrets, pointing out its obvious homophone for Top Secrets. Top Secrets. Something that fucking... I cannot believe this character did not, like, put that together. It's like... Mm-hmm. Well, we don't know if he did or not. They never really say he did no, or not. No, he's like... He, he? he. I think he's just like, it's, it's not a real name. <laughs> it's Top Secrets. Um. So using A equals one, B equal two, C equal three, and like as uh, so forth and so on, the dog's name Ned equals fourteen plus five plus four equals twenty-three. Twenty-three. So what is the trick with the names? You just add up all the numbers. Yeah. So A is one, B is two, C is three. (laughs) <laughs> there's so many numbers that would go over 23 almost every time 
Yeah, but if you have a simple name like Ned. Doesn't he say his name has the number 23 in it? Yeah, but <laughs> he gets like the divide and shit. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but like, what is the like... division? What's the math? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Upon discovering an address book, in the an address in the book, the family arranges a meeting with Topsy Critz, Bud Court, who, upon being Bud Court, by Walt, man, hell yeah, that's Harold. <laughs> that's, that's Harold. That's Harold of Harold and Mod fame. Uh, after being confronted, Walter becomes uh, panicked and proclaims that Walter should be dead and slits slits his own throat inside the man's pocket agatha finds an idea yeah he kills himself now i don't understand why he did this me neither even in this this even yeah even with with, like the actual reveal of what's going on him doing this doesn't make any sense agatha finds an id card belonging to a mental institution showing the man Man's name is Dr. Cyrus Leary. She goes to the abandoned asylum and finds Walter's name on a box in Leary's office. Meanwhile, Robin and Walter discover that every 23rd word on every 23rd page of the book spells out two messages, which lead them to Casanova's Park. They arrive at the park late that night and go down the staircase marked The Steps to Heaven, which consists of 23 steps. At the bottom, they dig deep in the ground and discover a human skeleton, Ooh. presumably Lord Tollins. But when they return with the police, the bones have disappeared. Walter confronts Agatha and taking the bones and accuses her of writing the book. She admits to moving the skeleton to protect him. This is him, such a ballsy Walter, move on his part. He's so <laughs> confident. He's just like, oh, you, you did it. It's you. And it's like, no, come on. She found the book. Yeah. Uh, in the box. Uh, what if, she, what if that's what What if that's what it was, though? It's like she actually did write the book, and she's like, hey, look at this book I found. Pretty look good. This pretty book. good, right? <laughs> that would be explained why it's like she's never had like a scene of her reading the whole book, but she just like knew how it ended. That would be... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm really into this book. And she's like, oh, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, she tells Walter that he was the one who wrote the book, which was no surprise to anybody who was watching the movie, <laughs> and shows him the contents of the box from the Institute. The box there is a manuscript of the number 23 with Walter's name on it, and and an ankle bracelet that belonged to Laura Tollins. Laura Palmer. Walter returns to the Hotel 23, where he tears down the wallpaper to, and finds the missing 23rd chapter written all over the walls. Oh, boy. The next, the next chapter explains that the whole story was Walter's confession, and he remembers why he did everything. His father killed himself after the death of Walter's mother. His suicide note was just pages of nothing added up to the number 23. Walter loved Laura Tollins and grew obsessed with 23 because of his father. He was always obsessed with this, right? Like, even like, this is like his lifelong obsession was with the number 23. And this woman, Laura, 
was able to distract him from this insane weird thing that he did long enough for him to be obsessed with her yes Laura began sleeping with her professor Walter tried to warn her about the number being dangerous and how it was going to come after her she told them he was crazy daring Walter to kill her Walter went into a rage, stabbing her and burying her in the park, which the dog observed. The professor <laughs> the was the first. Saw the, the dog, dog was the dog witness. Saw it. The dog saw it. Dog is, dog my dog witness. is my witness. <laughs> <laughs> the professor was the first to into, walk into the room where Laura was killed. He picked up the knife, covering the weapon with his fingerprints, and okay, his hand with blood. But surely the other guy's fingerprints were there too. I guess. Uh, uh, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't it? Wouldn't his? Yeah. <laughs> They didn't even look. They just looked for one guy's fingerprints. And like, I'm pretty sure it's him. With the with this evidence uncovered, he was convicted for the murder. Walter went into the whole went to the hotel room, wrote the number twenty three, placing the twenty third chapter on the walls. walls yeah, but like overlapping, like it's unreadable. Yeah. And then jumped off a balcony. He survived, but su- suffered severe injuries and trauma. Walter ended up in the institute where Dr. Leary worked. Dr. Leary read the manuscript and after publishing it became obsessed with the number 23 himself. Because of the fall, Walter suffered memory loss and upon leaving the institute, he met Agatha. So so there's other copies of this book out there? I guess. Maybe not many. It's like a little indie publishing. Yeah, house. it looked like it looked like a manuscript that you put out that like didn't get approved. That someone just like got a hold of. <clears throat> Sorry there, folks. Yuck, man. <laughs> Uncle Eric's got a little indigestion. Jesus, gross, man. <laughs> well, come on, dude. You burp all the time on on Mike. I get I, not on Mike, man. The, I hear it all the time, dude. No, that's just me having like little. <laughs> that's just me having like. <laughs> Little moments to myself. <laughs> I do. I do little burps before I say kill them. Kill them all, of course. <laughs> Agatha finds Walter at the hotel and tries to assure him that he is no longer the person he was when he wrote the book. While he wanted to be, he insists that he is a killer, accepting the fact that he murdered Lord Tollins, and tells Agatha to leave before he kills her too. Agatha pushes a letter over. Forgot into there's Walter's like this. Hands. This this doesn't even mention Danny Houston at all. Danny Houston. He was the professor who was like helping him, and he thought was sleeping with his oh, wife. He doesn't he? Does it at all? And he has like a whole second role in like the fantasy too. <laughs> In this summer, he cuts out Danny Houston. <laughs> if Danny Houston was reading this, Danny Houston wrote this summary. <laughs> I'd be happy if I was him. I mean, actually, yeah, I'm sure he, he is, is happy. Uh, I love that the wife was so willing to just like cover up this murder her husband did. Is like, no, 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 ride or and, die. And he's like, no, no, I think I committed a murder. She's like, no, you didn't, dude. You're good. Uh, 
He goes to jail, but yeah. she doesn't. Yeah, strangely enough. Agatha pushes a letter opener into Walter's hand, saying that if he, he is indeed a killer, he could easily kill again, and dares him to kill her. Incredibly risky move with her knowing what she knows. She tells him that she loves him. Walter tells her that she can't love him because no one can, mirroring an accusation made by Laura on the night of her murder. He leaves the hotel and runs into the street, where he nearly allows himself to be run over by a bus, but steps out of the way at the last minute when he realizes his son is watching. As he embraces Doesn't, his don't family. Don't want to create another another psycho. <laughs> as he, That's as how the ice cream man got formed. Yeah, so, we all know how that went. I think we all know how that ended. Yeah. As he embraces his family, a voiceover by Walter tells the audience that he turned himself into the police and is awaiting sentencing. Having been told the judge that he would likely go easy and on him, go easy on him since he turned himself in. Impossible. Funer- Not true. A funer- no, no, a no. Funeral? I would like to yeah. dwell on this for just a second. He turned himself in 15 years later. Yeah. A man was in jail for 15 years. They will not go light on you. No way. Well, he has well, he has the 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 fact that he had memory loss, so he had no, totally forgot that he committed the murder. And he has He, he was says that he just pu- Okay, but he he remembered it. He just pushed it to the back of his mind. He's just like he allowed himself to have memory loss. I don't know. You can blame him on that. He hit the concrete pretty hard. But that's not what he says in narration. He says, I pushed it to the back of my mind. I, like, just, I let myself forget that I did it. Sure, but, I mean, if you're if you're his lawyer, you're not going to let him say that. Sure, I'm, but I'm not his lawyer. I'm, I want him in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Having been told the judge was going, a, a funeral procession took, takes place in front of Laura Tollin's grave where it is implied her body has finally been laid to rest, as Finch observes a f- observes finally a free man. At the end of the film, viewers can see the Bible reading the reading from number 3223, Be Sure Your Sin Will Find You Out. And it sure did. It found him out, and it sent him straight to the big house. Yeah. Whew. So uh, I didn't uh, now, Eric. I didn't hear not a one saving Silverman in that summary. Not a one. I, so let's rattle them off. The, let's rattle them off right now. The dog, Ned. Ned the dog. The tattoo. The tribal tattoo was awesome. Oh, it's very good. You have that. That's sick. That, that sex scene was amazing. No, you already said that was bad. So I'm gonna it go was ahead. bad, but it was like amazingly bad. Okay. It was so bad that it was it was hilarious with the song and it's iconic, really. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I gotta go with Danny Houston. Danny Houston. <laughs> Danny Houston. No, I'll give it to unknowable. Bob's Munda. I'll give it to Bob's Munda. Bob's Munda. Bob's <laughs> Munda's nameless, faceless character. Yeah, it's good. It was good to see him. Good to see Bobby. Um, well, what were your high points and low points, Colton? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just say two points and say that they were both simultaneously a high and a low together. Um, the definitely the introduction of uh, of Fabrizia 
with this with the song combo was was really it was a point for sure for me. Uh, and then the the revelation that the book was written by Top Secrets, and the, like the first time that said out loud, is a real moment for me. Yeah. Uh, because it's still time. it's still another two scenes before they reveal that that, that Jim Jimmy Boy didn't realize it was top secrets. If a uh, little fun little fun game uh, not a fun game but a little fun fact if you add up the names Jim Carrey and Joel Schumacher, you get the number twenty three, folks. How, that's there's no way that's true. Just like the pure number of letters. Yeah, it's pure number of letters. Okay, well, count them out. You're supposed count them out. To- <laughs> I will not. J I M C A R E Y. Eric, I'll let you, you know. These out? I'll let you know that by this by this <laughs> trick, this trick of counting simply the letters in your name. You are safe. You are one of the good ones. And you, your letters come out to 21. Oh, wow. So close. So close, man. If they had, if they had I don't know, doubled the R's in the first thing. Uh, so it's worth it's worth noticing or noting that, like, this is the, tr- the name letter trick is what Jim Carrey uses to determine whether or not the people in his life are good or bad. Truly astounding stuff. Um, oh, should we do my name? Terrible. 1, 2, 3, Egg. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, not even close. I'm even better. I'm 19. Farther away. Farther away. Um, Colton J. Bazinas. Oh, yeah, baby. That's me. Uh, I have some things that I'm going to babble off to you about this movie. Um, and I'm going to babble them in a way that's going to sound like it's actually part of the movie. Uh, I'm going to do it as Jim Carrey doing an explanation here. Uh, Jim, me, Colton. Jim Carrey claims to have been obsessed with the number 23 long before being part of the movie. His production company is, of course, called JC23 Entertainment. It was a coincidence that his father was also an accountant who played the saxophone. Saxophone not mentioned Whoa. yet. That's a highlight for me. <laughs> Is that he it's does just inexplicably it. have a saxophone in the goth dream from time to time. The fucking saxophone. Oh my god. Jim Carrey was paid exactly $23 million to act in this movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the 20 20th... about a payday. <laughs> this is the 23rd project that Joel Schumacher has directed. God. <laughs> so the plot is largely based on the philosophical writings of William S. Burroughs, who came to believe that the number 23 held mystical significance after encountering it during significant moments in his life. Burroughs eventually wrote a screen wrote the screenplay The Last Words of Dutch Schultz around this concept, in which he used the death the deathbed ramblings of mobster Dutch Schultz as a springboard to tell the story of Schultz's own life based around the number 23. Uh, uh. So this is like a legit thing that just pops up in people's lives. Um a disease a cancer i think it is just like a mental kind of uh 
stigma or something where you just like of course if you just like tell someone not to think about something it's gonna happen um other instance oh this is gonna be a stretch let's let's stretch a little more hmm other instances of the number 23 connected sometimes very tenuously to the movie the last time jim carrey and joel schumacher worked together was in batman forever in 1995 in that film carrey's character the riddler also showed an obsession with numbers which he used to represent letters of the alphabet in his riddles the numbers were one eight and five batman figured out that one and eight were meant to be 18 18 plus five is 23 (laughs) the number 23 is a w and in batman forever there is a scene where this is pretty much all batman stuff i'm reading here uh, and in Batman Forever, there is a scene of Carrie underneath a W, the gate outside of Wayne Manor. Coincidence? I think not. I think not, dear constable. The dog in the movie is, of course, named Ned. N is the 14th letter of the alphabet. E is the 5th and D is the 4th. 14 plus 5 plus 4 is 23. I know that they think this is a fact, but this is something that is actually explicitly explained in the movie. Uh, the number on Isaac's car is 0235HJ. H is, of course, the eighth letter in the alphabet, and J is the tenth. And, of course, 5 plus 8H plus... I'm oh, sorry, <laughs> shit. <laughs> 5 plus 8H plus J is, of course, 23. <sighs> um, uh, this is exhausting. Yeah... Uh, Jim Carrey was born on February is born on February 3rd so 2-3-23 what an exhausting movie to watch and I'm sure to be a part of Um, you think you went method with this one oh yeah you went totally method Hmm. but only as Detective Fingerlings Oh yeah, yeah. Only in the fingerling parts. The rest, he he went method as like a good dad <laughs> or a dog catcher. How did they um? How did he as as um his 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 real life character? Uh, what is it? Something something Sparrow or something? Jimmy Sparrow. Walter Sparrow. Walter Sparrow. How did nobody in his life? have any record of his extended stay in a mental institution <laughs> no one else knows it happens because so like he has like a fully he is a job he has like he's no signs at any point until like the number 23 is mentioned again like he has no signs of like any there's no crack in his facade he's just a fully functioning man until someone vaguely mentions the number 23 and then he just loses it. I don't know. It's an obsession. It's the it's the madness of obsession. Uh, and uh, that's all she wrote. The number twenty three. <laughs> the number twenty three. I don't it's even want to. I don't number twenty shit. It's a piece of shit. Wow. Oh my gosh. The angry video game nerd subbed in for that. Yeah, uh, it's fucking the whole dog shit. What what would you do to make this uh, better for you? Mm. 
more a more realistic approach and less Joe Schumacher style. No Joe Mo- Schumacher style. That'd be nice. Yeah, Joe Shoe, Joe Show, Joe Shoes, uh, uh, Joey Shoes. His his uh his fingerprints are all over the detective stuff. Yeah, and it was not good. Take that out of the movie. Maybe make it better. I don't know. Eric, I think I hear the clown kind of wandering around in the background. Are you, is he just hanging out? Ah, no, I didn't want him to come over here. I, that's okay. Please go away. We'll we'll call you when it's time to end the show. Um, thank you, thank you. No, nope. We're actually we're 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 gonna move on. Uh, and I'm gonna talk about the movie that. Okay, goodbye, goodbye. All right, <laughs> I, is, I shoot him all away. Well, we'll do one last interaction with him forever. I think. <laughs> um, uh. I, for me, I got to I spun a movie uh, that is a cult classic and is is kind of a more fun, definitely on the more fun end of the scale. Uh, this week we watched Maniac, Maniac Cop. Cop. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a great fi- flick. You I say. enjoyed. I actually really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed did too. A little bit of it. It was like that kind of pulpy, dumb, like like action, like dumb detective cop thing you know dumb yeah <laughs> i liked it though all right let's get into what it is well let's break down the friggin' flick uh in new york hey. city hey. whoa we're just trying all kinds of stuff out here today um okay <laughs> Man, I can't turn. I'm gonna cut this off. I gotta, I gotta, gotta. Hold on, hold on here. Okay. Um, right, we're back. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> okay. Well. Oh, that was uh, that was the Flash breaking in, telling us it is too early. All right. So, Maniac Cop is about. Uh, it's it's about a couple of different people. It's about a cop who is a maniac. Uh, a cop who is not a maniac and a detective who is trying to put the pieces together. Um, it takes place in, of course, New York City. Uh, we open with like a waitress who is pretty much uh, assaulted on her way home by two muggers. And she, of course, runs to the nearest police officer she can find, who turns out to be the titular maniac cop who uh, just rips her from the ground and breaks her neck he is a a monstrous man who is strong and scary um so basically i'm gonna give you the 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 kind of core outline here is tom adkins who is a saving silverman for me because i love tom adkins and i will watch him in a lot of stuff he is the detective who is trying to figure out what's going on with this because there's all kinds of reports coming in that a cop is killing innocent people, which I know is unprecedented um, in this. <laughs> Not in these times. Yeah. Uh, and so he is actually pretty sure from the get-go is like, I think this actually is a cop that is doing this. And all the other cops uh, are are 
pretty gung-ho about it not being a cop. Uh, they're like, cops don't do that. And he's like, I don't know, I know a lot of cops. So, uh, he's pretty willing to believe the fact that there is a cop doing this to innocent people, and he's doing the investigating to figure out what's going on. Unfortunately, in his investigations, he does go to his, his old flame, who is like a radio personality or something, uh, and convinces her to get the word on the street that that this is probably a cop doing this to people, uh, this new killer who is loose killing people every night. Uh, and so because of that, uh, the city is terrified of cops. Um, I, again, completely unprecedented. Um, so... So innocent, so so cops are now getting killed by people who are like you know they're concerned whenever time they get stopped by a cop that Little it is ladies. it's the maniac cop. Um, so you got people dying on both sides here, and uh, nobody's happy. Everyone's confused, and we're now we're gonna meet another cop. His name is Jack Jack Forrest. And he's played by another Saving Silverman, Mr. Bruce Campbell. Good to uh, see that, that mug around the silver screen. Yeah, fun to have like two of my... I like These guys are kind of like B-movie pulpy guys, uh, and it was fun to see them together. Uh, and so, Jack, he's got a wife named Ellen, and she has some stuff going on in her life, but she, most importantly, suspects that her husband might be the maniac cop, and follows him to a motel where he is, in fact, just having a run-of-the-mill affair with a fellow officer. Um, <laughs> so... They're not doing nothing, babe. So, she's just like, well, fuck you anyways, and she leaves uh, after pulling a gun on them. And then she is immediately gotten by the actual maniac cop and killed in the very hotel that they were having their affair at. So, of course, the police now also believe that Jack uh, is the maniac cop. Uh, one person who doesn't think that is Tom Atkins, and I don't understand why he's very... He, he's on board with the, it is a cop theory. Uh, he just doesn't think it's this particular one. Um... He's just got a gut instinct, and that's got to be enough for him, I guess. So, now, uh, with... Oh, you know what? It actually works out, because he does check out his alibi. He didn't want to... Uh, Jack didn't want to give up, like, his... Uh, the person he was having an affair with, because he didn't want to yeah. ruin her career. coming... Uh, yeah, she was like an undercover. She's an undercover vice officer who poses as a prostitute and like catches creeps that way. Um, so Maniac Cop is targeting her because he wants to. It seems like Maniac Cop wants to actually pin what he's doing on Jack. Um, I kind of got the vibe that maybe he wasn't as organized as that, but maybe he was. So. Um, so, Lieutenant McRae, Tom Atkins' character, uh, saves saves that from going down. But then we get a, our first kind of, like, official look at Maniac Cop. He's just a big dude who is, like... Big. big wearing white gloves. It's wearing white gloves. We find out that he's wearing white gloves to cover up, like, severe scarring of the hands. 
and uh, he he wears the hat to kind of keep the shadow on his severely scarred face. Um, yeah. And he is a, a, a talented ass kicker, uh, yeah, and good. loves killing people. So he's, he's he's got the need the need for murder. Yeah, he's very strong. His hands are cold, and there's just something about him that he really wants to kill people. Uh, so now, uh. Jack's girlfriend, Mallory, is now teaming up with Detective McRae, and they are going to work together to kind of solve this case to get Jack out of jail. That's real rough. Yeah. So the reason... Oh, they also, in this encounter with the actual maniac maniac cop, they shoot him a lot. They shoot him in the chest... They shoot him in Chess. the head several times, mm. and he is completely unfazed by this. He's like, "The boy's got no quit." Let me tell you. Are you there? Are you there? And so Mallory's hiding out with McCray, and they're investigating. Um, the only other person who knew about their relationship in the they they think that someone inside the police is is supplying information to Maniac Cop, uh, and so Mallory lets McCray know that the only person she's ever told about her relationship with Jack is, of course, Sally Noland, who is uh, someone who has been on the been on the force for over 20 years, and she's uh, kind of she's been behind a desk for a while now because of an incident that happened. Apparently, um, well, no one knows exactly what happened, yeah. but uh, through investigations, uh. Uh, McRae is able to kind of follow her to a warehouse where she is meeting up with Maniac Cop uh, and refers to him as Matt. So we got a first name on that motherfucker. And so that is enough for Detective McRae to kind of get some stuff going on. And he's able to find out that that must be, of course, Matthew Cordell, a fellow officer who was imprisoned in Sing Sing. Uh, before br- police brutality, which he was guilty of, because he was an incredibly brutal police officer who had the uh, policy of shoot first, ask questions later, and a lot of a lot of cops loved that about him. Not surprisingly, he was like, didn't take any bullshit from anybody. You know, he uh, if he did, if he pulled you he, over for a trash, he, he stood his ground, and. Yeah. Uh, and so it was largely regarded as kind of a sandbagging when he got sent to prison for killing people, uh, which you know I don't. <laughs> I think he probably should have gone there, uh, but even so, he is in prison and he's not in there very long um, before. <laughs> I mean, before all the put in there. Before all the guys he put in there find him, and they decide, well, we're going to pay him a little shower time visit. <laughs> and they drop by, and they try and get him in the shower. But this guy's a slippery fish, and he is, even soaking wet, able to just dispatch three three attackers in the shower until um, one of them stabs him in the back. And then... Uh, they stab him in the face several times, and then yeah. the, they get <laughs> like they just kind of yeah. they just kind of go to town on this man, and so 
<clears throat> so then they go to kind of visit. Then we go to visit Jack, and we're going to give him all this information. Uh, and they're like, "Look, we're pretty sure that it's this guy." And Jack's like, "Oh, I've heard of him. He's kind of like a legend. He was before my time, but like I've heard of I, I've heard of this guy." And like I thought he died in prison. And they're like, "Well, we think maybe he didn't." And Jack is like, "Well, are you gonna look into that?" And they're like, "Of course, of course, Jack. We don't, we don't want you to get worried about this." Um, so he goes to go. McCray leaves Jack and uh, and of course uh, um, Mallory alone to go check on the clerical room to see if he can get some paperwork into maybe getting Jack out of there. Uh, but that's where he's attacked. He's attacked by Sally, who does walk with a cane and is, is has a pretty severe disability, um, but is still able to pretty handily take down Detective uh, Detective McRae with the cane, really. And she's hysterical. She's she's mad because um, because she thinks Matt Cordell, maniac cop. Uh, is gonna turn on her because he knows that 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 Detective McRae is on to her. Apparently, she was uh, Maniac Cop's old girlfriend, and when he went to jail, she jumped out of a window and was severely. That's where she got her life-changing injury. Um, but then it turns out that that's not exactly what happened. Um, she's been kind of helping him out because she feels bad about how he got sandbagged and, and she's right about, uh, maniac cop turning on her because he's there to kill her and he kills a whole bunch of other cops first. Uh, he hangs them, hangs them from the ceiling, anything that he can really do. He has like a nightstick that he pulls a knife out of. <laughs> a um, lot. That's like a his lot big. With that thing. That's like his big thing. Is that he will? He does. Pull, he like looks like he's going for the nightstick, but then he pulls a knife out of that. And he's killing innocent people. He's killing cops. He's kind of not being real descriptive about who he wants to kill. No, um, he doesn't have any sense of morals, which you think he would. I think he at this point he just kind of wants the city to suffer. Uh so. Sally is, of course, grabbed by Maniac Cop, and he beats her to death. It's a bummer. Um, Jack and uh, Mallory kind of breaks Jack out of there to kind of try and, you know, interrupt what's going on. And um, <laughs> so basically... They are now also being attacked by Maniac Cop, and Detective McRae gets in the midst here, and he's like, uh, come on, Mal, you gotta go get the car starter. We gotta get out of here. This guy, he's some kind of Maniac Cop. And, um, he's some kind of Maniac Cop. And so that's pretty much where the story ends for Detective McRae, because Maniac Cop gets his mitts on him, and he does throw him through the window. And... I'm pretty sure he dies. Oh, yeah, instantly. Yeah. Uh, he hits a car. I would have died. I mean, like, for sure. And right as right as he's thrown out the window, um, Jack enters the scene and 
becomes the main character. Basically, yeah, takes over being the main character of the movie and is now being blamed for like this massacre, this like Terminator-esque massacre in the police station. Um, but he doesn't have time for that. He beats the only guy that's there to try and stop him and he he gets the hell out of there. And he goes with he goes with uh, he goes with his girlfriend Mallory to go to go back to Sing Sing to see their the medical examiner. He has an appointment, uh, or or Detective uh, Detective McRae had had an appointment with them, and so he pretends to be him and goes to see uh, the medical examiner. Luckily, nobody asks him for ID until it's way too late. Um, he's already in there, and he they're able to kind of like pressure put pressure on him enough to get him to admit that he kind of fudged the autopsy of of matt cordell um that the officer he he was kind of (laughs) showing faint faint signs of life despite having been uh stabbed pretty bad in the face a bunch of times and so he so what he the examiner had secretly released him into sally's care uh convinced that he was brain dead and was definitely just going to die which again seems like not a good thing to do but he did it anyways he thought he was some kind of hero i don't know uh so that's how they they solved the mystery of how jack uh, how maniac cop got out of prison um yeah he kissed his way out he kissed his way out the old-fashioned way one kiss at a time baby the secret rule is, is if you kiss every guard and the warden on the, all on the same day, you get out. That's Scott true. Free. I learned that from the TV show Prison Break. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Not enough kissing in prison movies. <laughs> Not. I mean, have you seen uh, that old HBO show called Something Oz? Oh, the kissing prisoners. Kiss the prisoners kissing. Prisoners out. of love. Prisoners of love. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. I don't uh, want to watch a lot of shows about prison. It seems like a bad place to hang out and look into. <laughs> I'm um, with you on that. I can't watch any. Seems like a really seems like prison. seems like a real bummer of a system and a bummer of a place to go. Uh, I hope I don't end up there. Um, uh, surprise! Nice. It's St. Patrick's Day, uh, and it's I don't know why that matters, but it is. It's St. Patrick's Day, and it's the annual. The 50th annual St. Patrick's Day Parade. I guess, I mean, why is it only the 50th? Wouldn't it have been way more? I don't know. Uh, It's St. Patrick's Day, and Jack is pretty sure that Maniac Cop is going to go after the commissioner because he was largely in charge of stuff while he was getting sent, while Maniac Cop was getting sent to prison. Commissioner is played by Richard Roundtree, who is, um, of course, shaft um <laughs> shout out he's not playing shaft here he he's very by the book here um which is uh, distinctly not shaft uh yeah. so richard roundtree has has uh, has range uh and captain ripley who is has a very distinctive voice he's the guy he talks like he's like what are you doing and uh, I, I wish someone would have just got him some water, but he talked like that the whole movie. <laughs> they couldn't so, afford it on set. So Jack sends Mallory in to try and warn the commissioner and Captain Ripley that Maniac Cop is 
is this guy that they sent to prison for police brutality and they're like they fucking blow her off they're like no no way and they're like and they're gonna have her arrested and which i i can see why they might do that um but uh don't worry maniac cap is here to shake things up so he stabs the commissioner and stabs captain ripley uh to death and then decides to go after mallory um get him because even though he is, seems to have gotten his revenge at this point, he has no interest in stopping his murders. Uh, so he's going after Mallory, and then he's he he night he like stabs the guard that she's handcuffed to, and she has to like she escapes to the window, and then Jack is arrested and put in a van that maniac cop hijacks and now this is where this is the highlight this is a, a saving silverman for me is this kind of action scene where it's like you know it's a car chase in a van where they're yeah. like fighting in the van great. and it's all you know you get to see some some close-ups of what this guy's face looks like now and it's pretty gnarly um there's a couple other ones of these movies where the face gets even more gnarly and they really lean into like making it look very ghoulish um but this one's still pretty bad. I mean, still, I mean, not a face you want to have. And it's only a face a mother could love. So Jack kind of escapes the van, clings to the side of it, is able to kind of take over control through the window and steers it like off of like a dock. Like, and, and oh, he, sta- he like, he drives it into like these suspended pipes that like, stab into maniac cop and like pin pin him to like the the driver's seat and so then he drives the then then jack drives the the van off of like a pier into the water and this is this is one of the fun like it's all of the stunts are like very practical and very real like there's at one point a guy who gets hit by the truck and like you can tell he really did get hit by the truck and and there's also there's also a, when he drives when the the van goes off the pier into the water. There is just a guy hanging onto the side who tries to backflip off of the off of the van. He doesn't quite pull off the full backflip, but he does just kind of, it. It looks like real. I mean, I mean, it's real. It's 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 yeah. genuine, and I I enjoyed that. So it was good stunt work, um, and so. Uh, the van crashes into the river and sinks with Maniac Cop uh, uh, supposedly in it. But as they are recovering the van, it is empty and you see uh, Cordell's hand just kind of shoot out of the water. Um, and then everyone everyone realizes that Jack, of course, didn't commit the murders. Um, there's apparently an extended version of this film that we did not see. But mm. uh, it does reveal that the mayor... Um, confident that Cordell is dead, relaxes in his office, uh, and then the mayor's when the mayor's assistant leaves, Cordell silently appears behind him uh, and murders the mayor off screen. So maybe he's not done getting his revenge. Uh, there's two other Maniac Cop movies. I think I have seen one of them, um, and. Exciting enough, this is slated for a remake uh, by your favorite guy, Eric, Nicholas uh, Winding Refn. NWR, we call him. And, I don't know if that lines up, but 
but he's supposed to remake it as a series that uh, I, I know hard enough to believe is going to be neon soaked cocaine filled fun. Uh, so that sounds I'd, I'd probably tune into that. I haven't been wild about a lot of his latest stuff, but, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give a lot of stuff a chance as evidenced by the whole premise of this uh, ongoing series. Yeah. Uh, what uh, were your what were your highlights? Uh, highlight definitely that last card chase was was great. Okay. What's your low point? Low point, I would have to say. Uh, hmm. I don't know if I really have a low point. I guess um, when he killed the uh, does he kill an old lady? Does he kill old? Oh, you know what? Uh, no, that old lady kills a cop. That old lady kills a cop. Mm. That was good. That was that was interesting. I didn't hate that. Um, I guess it's the fact that Bruce Campbell wasn't always the lead character of the movie. I kind of like that. It was kind of like it was kind of like being like, "Hey, this Bruce Campbell guy, he's the next Tom Atkins." Yeah. I think Tom Atkins is still alive too. Let me see. Get him. Get him. Roll. Well, California. he's very old if he's still alive. Uh, yeah, he's still alive. He is 85 years old. That's cool. I, he seems like a fun guy. Um, I think if I if I were to do any any adjustments to this movie, I would probably I would like to not kill Tom Atkins and just have him like be like in the hot just in the hospital for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, he's in, like, a full-body cast. He's like, well, I guess I'm not going to fix this whole maniac cop thing. And then he's just <laughs> pissed off about it. God, I can't do nothing. Uh, I can't do nothing. Uh, but, yeah, overall, I liked Maniac Cop. Let me see. Is there anything fun about it that I can say? Um, there's got to be some good trivia. There, uh, okay, so... The okay, so the Maniac Cop remake was announced in August 2017. Uh, in November 2018, it was confirmed that it's still being developed. So, don't know. It's been here for a very long time. Uh, October. Okay, so wait. October 19th, uh, October 2019 is when the last time we heard about is when Nicholas Winding Refn stepped in and was like, I think I will be doing this. I will uh, take the mantle. I will. I will be the maniac cop. Um, and let me see real quick. I'm gonna look up the maniac cop and all of his good friends, uh, to see if they have any fun facts. Uh, oh, oh, you know it's worth. Um, don't you do that? He's gonna come over here. I'm not ready for him. <laughs> Uh, it's worth noting that uh, Maniac Cop is played by Robert Zadar, who is the big chinned fellow from a couple of the other things we've seen. And, Same right uh, that, maybe. I liked him. I, I He's not like a highlight, but it's I like seeing him at things. I don't know why. Um, he's a, he's, Sam he's Raimi also shows up. He is a cameo as like a news reporter. Um... He's got a nice little scene. Yeah, none of these none of these facts are all that interesting, so I'm just gonna skip that. Um 
So, would you like to... <sighs> you want to bring the clown over, man? Let's do uh, Let's do a send-off to the clown. Well, we got to summon him by singing the clown song together. Uh, which clown song? Is it the... You know the song. We'll sing it together. I'll start. Okay, I'll join in. Matrix. Uh-oh. All his passwords. All right. Well, if... Mark Madness, are you here? Mark. Uh, um, this is your last chance to save face with the audience. Would you like to say anything? I can't. Jesus Christ, Mark. Eric, can I, uh, Mark, you stay over there for just a second. Eric, can I have a side with you over here? Just for a second. Eric, no, you stay over there. You stay, yeah. Eric, um, hey, hey, man, I, um, I don't want this clown to come back next year for March Madness. Want me to take care of him? I think we should, um, I think we should fucking kill this clown. (laughs) I got my bonk ready. Do you have your bonk gun? I got the bonk gun. All right, cool. Um, I, I have a big net, so I'm going to wrap him in the net, and if you'll get him with the bonk gun. Okay. All right, hey, Mark, come on over here real quick. All right, yeah, hey. um, Hey, does this does this net look comfortable? Get him. Get him. Get him, Eric. Get him. Get him. And that's, uh, yeah, he's still got a little twitch in him. Oh, yeah. Right, I'm going to just hold on to him until he stops moving. There it is. Silent, as a, uh, silent as a baby in a carriage. Ah, it feels good. Feels Honestly, good. I don't regret this decision. I'll I sleep on it, but, it. <laughs> but I think I'll feel okay in the morning. Um, one more we'll do a quick... Before. Yeah, give him a good bonk right now. Mm. Mm. Pretty good. Um... Well, I'll, I'll do a quick eulogy for Mark Madness. Uh, Mark, you were annoying to me at all times. I could never understand what you were saying. Uh, I do not currently take feedback from the audience, but I have to imagine they did not like you either. Uh, you will not be missed. Uh, we will put you back in your box and hope that uh, you do well out there in, in hell. Anything you want to add there? Amen. Amen indeed. 3223. And now with Mark Madness and March Madness behind us, it's time to look forward. Uh and I'd love to do an announcement of our next uh next month's theme. Drum uh, roll everybody. Drum roll. Brrr, April Ghouls. That's right. April is the month of ghouls and everyone knows it. Uh, and this week, this month, we're going to be talking about those creepy, crawly, little funny critters that are making life a little more difficult for all of us. Uh, there's a surprisingly large amount of movies that center around this vague topic. 
Uh, so we will have our hands full. And Eric, if you will, uh, if you will vamp for just a second, I will pull up the April Ghoul's wheel. We have been in the lab constructing the school wheel for a couple months now. This is a new type of ghoul wheel. You know, we haven't oh, seen yeah. wheels like this before. Oh yeah, and it, it's powered. Excited. It's powered by ghouls, and it's also for ghouls. So for ghouls by ghouls. All right, so Eric, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna spin the wheel real quick for you, and your first April ghoul will be a movie called Munchies. Munchies. That's exciting. It's exciting. I don't know anything about this other than there's little critters in it, and uh, and you don't you don't like them. They're evil little guys. Oh, you you don't it. like them. Oh god, they look gross. Yeah, yeah, yucky. Yeah, not nice. Yucky stuff. All right, what's your punishment should you fail to get through munchies? I am spinning the wheel. I am spinning the wheel, and I have selected the hit. ABC sitcom The Middle. The Middle. Cool. I, I want to take a second to thank you for getting through your movie this week and not subjecting uh, us to an episode of The Big Bang Theory because I just don't think I was mentally in a good spot to go <laughs> go into that. I couldn't do it to us. You could have. You would have. They would have had to make me one of the March Madness guys. Uh, all right. So I'm going to spin the wheel for me. And, oh boy, I will be pursuing the movie Rat Boy. Rat, Rat Boy. Boy. Rat Boy. Um, I'm not going to lie, this looks kind of similar to Munchies, but maybe with a more elephant manny tone to it. Uh, I've never heard of it. I've never seen it, which is uh, interesting for me. So what, what, sh- what will happen to me? Ah. Uh. Ugh. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. Visceral, Ugh. a visceral reaction from Eric. Ugh. All I, right. I can watch that. Sorry, man. Watch. It's not up to you. <laughs> Only I can pull the plug on that one. Your punishment is coach. So oh. we don't have some. <laughs> I don't so know. Coaches. <laughs> did you, did you, you didn't even spin it. You just gave me coach because you don't want to watch Rat Boy. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> all right well i'm gonna i'm we're gonna watch rat boy all right so tune in next week because rat boy's coming oh my <laughs> god this looks absolutely repulsive oh man well sorry uh i just want to say thank you for listening uh rest in peace mark madness and of course uh be sure to tune in next week bye bye